You're listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, Episode 115. Welcome to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, where we explore public health epidemiology careers and share tips and strategies to help you enter or transition into the field. And now your host, Dr. Charlotte Hughes-Huntley. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining me on this episode. In this episode, I'm introducing you to Vanessa Chilombo da Costa. She is a global epidemiologist and entrepreneur. You're going to find her story really interesting and very resourceful. So let me tell you a little bit more about Vanessa. She is a global health epidemiology fellow at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in South Africa. She works with the Quality Improvement Branch to oversee the data management processes and monitor and evaluate PEPFAR, South Africa's granular site-level management program. Now, she'll explain much more about that during the interview. Now, before this position, Vanessa worked in the Department of Epidemiology at the Rollins School of Public Health at Emory University and at the Rwanda-Zambia HIV Research Group, where she coordinated, designed, and implemented a postpartum research project and intervention in Rwanda and also supported their research in Zambia. She also worked at the Georgia Emerging Infections Program in Atlanta, where she conducted active surveillance on foodborne illnesses, influenza, and healthcare-associated infections. Vanessa served as a Peace Corps volunteer in Rwanda, where she worked at a local health center to develop programs in HIV-AIDS, malaria, literacy, and youth development. Prior to the Peace Corps, Vanessa worked on projects based in the U.S. as a research assistant in numerous organizations across different public health domains. Vanessa has a Master's of Public Health in Global Epidemiology from the Rollins School of Public Health at Emory and a Bachelor in Psychology with a minor in African Studies from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Her global health interests are in HIV-AIDS, family planning, reproductive health, mental health, and digital mobile health. Vanessa is passionate about empowering her fellow Africans in public health. In fact, she will discuss her entrepreneurial ventures that target this public health passion. So before I connect the interview with Vanessa, I'd like to share a special offer from LinkedIn Learning. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Learning. Building and enhancing skills that are complementary to your public health education can be a powerful combination. It can help you become more competitive in the job market as a public health consultant and as a business owner. LinkedIn Learning is offering our listeners access to their extensive library of resources free for 30 days. You can start now, access anywhere and anytime. Just visit drchuntley.com and click on the resources tab from the main menu. You'll find the link there to access your free trial. All right, I'm excited to introduce you to my guest on this episode, Vanessa DaCosta. So Vanessa, welcome to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much, Dr. Huntley. I'm very excited to have you here. We've been interacting on social media for quite a while. I've been following the growth of your new business, and there's just so much to talk about. So I have already given a bit of an introduction of you, but if you would just 
tell the audience a bit about yourself, your background, and any information you want to share just in your own words. All right. Sounds great. Um, so hi, everyone. My name is Vanessa Chalando da Costa, as previously mentioned. Um, I'm currently based in South Africa, in Pretoria, South Africa, and I'm working um, for the Centers for Disease Control, CDC South Africa there, um, in the quality improvement branch. Um, so previously mentioned, I do a lot of work um, in m and supporting the m and programs for managing health facilities, providing different support when it comes to data visualization, analyses, and things of that nature. Um, a bit more on the personal side, um, I'm a dual citizen, so born in the UK, but um, grew up mostly in the States. Um, and I have heritage in quite a few different countries on the continent, Zambia, Ghana, and the Gambia. So for me, uh, I love, you'll kind of hear a bit more about why my interest is in working in, on the continent. And I'm really um, interested in the connections between data analytics and management and improving global health programs around the world. So um, in addition to that, I also have a business that I'm very passionate about, and it's providing career development services to public health professionals. So as the podcast continues, we'll go on and talk a bit more about what that entails as well. Oh, yes. I can't wait to kind of dig in. You've already mentioned something that I didn't know about you, and that's the data visualization piece. So um, yes, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to dig into that a little bit more. Do you describe the data visualization type of work that you enjoy doing? Yes. Yeah, so I guess I would say at my, my place of work at CDC South Africa, I'm kind of known as one of the dashboard POC, so dashboard point of contact. So um, we are collecting data from um, almost 200 health facilities um, on the weekly and daily level, over a thousand on the quarterly level um, when we're talking in terms of time periods used by PEPFAR, the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief, um, and collecting different data on HIV indicators as it relates to individuals as well as programs. So a lot of the work that I'm in charge of doing is collecting that data from our different implementing partners, consolidating it, cleaning it. And then what I really love the most is visualizing it. So developing using platforms um, such as Excel and MicroStrategy, um, which is a business intelligence software to create visualizations on these indicators and also provide interpretations and context behind them so that um, the different people who are using these dashboards, so other CDC staff, partner staff, facility level staff, both in South Africa and in Atlanta at headquarters, are able to see this information, understand this information, and utilize it to um, in two different ways. So both to improve health programs monitor um, the health facilities, as well as the other end, PEPFAR using it to um, help with funding decisions and different um, ways to utilize the data across the board for public health programming. That is definitely an interest area of mine. I've really, the last couple of years, really, really been drawn into more work with data visualization. So I may have to reach out to you later about uh, maybe some collaboration. So I'm actually looking to even build out more consulting when it comes to data visualization. So I may have to reach out to you. Sounds great. I have a lot of little tricks and resources and tools that um, I've learned along the way. So happy to share those as well. (laughs) Now, uh, when did you first become interested in public health as a career? So I'll take you all back a bit. Um, Maybe this is about seven or eight years ago. Um, So 
I was a sophomore in undergrad and I was studying psychology at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. So shout out to all my Tar Heels who are listening to this. Um, And (laughs) I had started school with the mindset of wanting to go into clinical care. So I was thinking about nursing, being a doctor, physician assistant, something in that realm. Um, But a lot of the activities and student organizations and service projects that I started to get involved with were a bit more public health related. Um, So I got involved with a student organization called Foundation for International Medical Relief of Children, where I was fundraising chair and I got to be involved in really understanding, you know, where the money was going and how we were funding projects um, and participated in just a short week long trip to Costa Rica with some other students to um, understand how public health was implemented there, um, which was very eye opening for me as well as just through activities that I had done um, at the hospital, the North Carolina hospital system, working on their pediatric floor, youth development and support services for children who were there for long-term illnesses. So I started to kind of um, move away from interest in clinical care and understand um, another side of health that you're often not taught about in like a high school setting or when you're learning about careers prior to university. Um, And that was more of the, you know, the systematic, the bigger picture side of health programs. And so that's kind of what led me into um, my pathway towards public health. And the rest is history, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how do you think that your previous roles helped prepare you for the work that you're doing now, because it sounds like you really had like a progressive path coming, you know, from years back into that would just naturally lead this way. But yeah, I guess more specifically, how do you think your previous roles help you prepare for that transition into what you're currently doing? Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of different things that I've done through undergrad until now. And so there's two that I specifically want to highlight. So the first thing I'll talk about is um, my Peace Corps service. Um, And so that is a platform that a lot of people go into. And Peace Corps was, it was kind of unique for me because my dad grew up in the Gambia. So a very small country (laughs) in West Africa. And he was actually taught by a Peace Corps volunteer um, back in the 60s. And so that was my first time even hearing about that. And so that was what I actually did a, about a year after undergrad. And I was able to really um, gain what I would describe as, you know, community level skills and cultural understanding and um, really learning how to collaborate on projects um, with different people and also understanding what public health issues exist and how they vary from one place to the next. Um, and that experience, I think for me, it was. Although I grew up with parents from the continent, they're from other countries. And I think a lot of people enter into Peace Corps maybe thinking that if they're doing, you know, community health like I did, maybe they know what health issues are. You know, there are definitely some um, preconceived ideas that people may have. But I learned, you know, culture is very different from the ones that I grew up with and that there's just so many different um, elements to learning about public health and how to implement and collaborate on public health programs with different people. So I was in Rwanda. I didn't previously mention that, um, which actually led to some of the other work that I did in the future. So kind of fast forward, immediately after my two years in Rwanda, I went to Emory um, and got my MPH in global epidemiology. I graduated about a year ago. And one of the main skills that I gained there was really when it came to data management and MNE, which is a huge component of my work um, right now at the CDC. And so I worked um, with the Rwanda-Zambia HIV Research Group, which obviously works in both Rwanda and Zambia. 
um, on a postpartum family planning um, project. So I not only collected data, we were trying to better understand different women and their partners' interests um, in getting a postpartum IUD, and also better to understand, you know, what misconceptions, myths are out there, and to ensure that women and their partners were informed, um, properly informed about what are the side effects, you know, what are the barriers, but also what are the benefits of it. Um, and so we, that was really the first position that I had where I was able to see work from research all the way through program implementation, because we implemented an intervention in which women were, um, had the option to um, receive a postpartum IUD after giving birth. Um, and so from that experience, I not only was able to develop data collection tools, utilize different digital health uh, methods and build monitoring and evaluation systems in Excel and Microsoft Access, but I was also able to you know, really understand the full scope of how projects work in terms of grant writing and manuscript writing. Um, I had my first publication um, through this position, um, and I'm still actually working, um, just received notice of something getting accepted for publication, my thesis actually from that. And so um, it's really been a great, it's something I'm still a part of, you know, as, as I'm in communication with my advisor from Emory every month about the project still. And so a lot of what I do in my current position with m and with understanding global health programs and, you know, collaborating with different people and building data collection tools, um, I'm doing it more on the programmatic side now than research side, but a lot of that is what I had gained and learned from my graduate research assistant position at Emory, um, which was also my summer practicum when I had gone back to Rwanda to work on this project. So yeah, that's really how it all connected. All right. So I want to take a moment and I want you to explain what M&E means. Okay, so M&E is monitoring and evaluation. So one thing I'll say on the side, in PEPFAR, which is President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief, the U.S. main funding for HIV and AIDS, we use a lot of acronyms. And even if you've worked <laughs> there for a while, you'll still be learning them. Um, I sure am. But So monitoring and evaluation is a major term that's used in um, data management and data analytics per se. So monitoring data, it's when you're really looking, especially utilizing different indicators. For example, um, some HIV indicators that we look at are um, number of people who test positive, number of people who are initiated on treatment, um, number of people who are retained into care, who are currently on treatment. Those are different things we're measuring. So a monitoring is really um, being able to follow those indicators, look at the numbers to understand how it influences what's going on in the program and using interpreting that information, evaluating it so that we can understand how to address issues in a, in a health program. Um, and then from there, um, use use that data to make changes, to make suggestions, or to continue doing what you're doing if you know, you're seeing that the data is looking good and um, the programmatic work is coinciding with that. So M&E is really the data side of understanding um, programs. And it's very important to have, you know, data so that you know, you know, how well the program's doing or where there are issues. Um, definitely data is not the only thing to look at, which I think is sometimes can get lost in translation, but it's definitely an important component of being able to understand programs as a whole. So, okay. And then you also mentioned another, so M&E stands for monitoring and evaluation. And then you also said PEPFAR. Yes. That's another <laughs> acronym. Well, do you know offhand what that stands for? Because I want to make sure that people are able to 
reference that. Yes, sorry. I think I had blown through it quite quickly. So PEPFAR is the <laughs> President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief. And so it was started by President George Bush II during his presidency, and it's the USA's um, number one source of funding for HIV and AIDS relief. So many um, CDC as well as um, USAID, which is the U.S. Agency for International Development and CDC Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, are largely funded by PEPFAR, by the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief, um, to conduct research and programs in HIV and related um, infections and diseases like STIs as well. Okay, great. I just want to make sure that we weren't just blowing through without, you know, slowing down to make sure that everyone's understanding. Yes, that's perfect. I can get carried away. (laughs) I think there's so many acronyms. (laughs) So I'm going to shift just a little bit and just ask you to narrow down a little bit. You've got quite uh, a bit of experience, but is there a particular population or a particular cause that you that you say you're most passionate about right now? What what would that be? So I'm one thing that I'm really interested. Um, I guess I kind of have two components. Um, one that's kind of related to my direct public health work, and one that's related to um, like the career work that I do. Um, but in terms of direct public health work, one of my passions. Um, so my first degree was in psychology, um, and one thing that you know I know and I see is that integrating um, mental health services within public health programs for communicable diseases is a huge challenge. Um, There's many challenges when it comes to funding and priorities um, and information and stigma. Um, And I think you see this in in many aspects of public health, but I think as I'm working in the HIV field specifically, that's something that I'm seeing in. And so one passion of mine is, you know, to really be, to better be able to integrate these social determinants that we're seeing, specifically mental health, and when we're we're providing HIV services and um, technical assistance, things of that nature. So that's something that's a, a personal interest to me that I'm hoping to um, integrate more into the work that I do as I as my career um, further develops. Awesome, sounds great. I know that you like the data and technology. Um, have you <laughs> used um, Tableau? Um, I have not used Tableau, although it's on my list of things that Vanessa wants to teach herself. So I have gonna, not used Tableau, but I'm, I've seen it and um, know of it. Yes. You're, you're going <laughs> to love it. So when you start using Tableau, I want you to message me. Will do. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you have a business and I would love to hear more about that. So tell us Say the name of your business again, for sure. And then who do you serve? Describe your ideal customer. Okay, great. So my business is Chalambo Global Career Services. So ChalamboGlobalCareerServices.com. And I serve public health professionals and students and recent graduates. So for people who are um, recently graduated with a master's in public health, recently graduated with an undergraduate degree, a bachelor's in public health or related field, um, such as international development, global health, international relations focused on health work. Those people are my main target group, as well as students. So people who are currently going through these programs as well. I provide um, a variety of services, which we'll go into a bit later, um, but I'm really focused on 
people who are um, recent graduates, current students. Okay. Well, continue on. Let's go ahead and tell us what products and services do you offer? Great. Um, So Chalamo Global Career Services is it's a public health career development platform, as I previously mentioned, with the target groups, but it's really open to anyone who's seeking um, help in improving a variety of resources, a variety of documents needed to apply to jobs, as well as helping them kind of figure out, you know, an action plan and a pathway to getting there. So the services I offer, I offer consultation calls. So where we can, you know, in the beginning, it's about discussing your background, goals, interests, and um you know, where you currently are in the job application process or career decision-making process. And then based off of that, providing feedback and advice and discussion about next steps um, and how we can improve your situation moving forward. Um, And then another major component is the actual review of documents. So I provide resume reviews, CV reviews, cover letter reviews, personal statement or essay review. So if you're applying to um, a fellowship or to university where those are often required. Um, I also conduct mock interviews. If you have an interview coming up, um, but you may you know, need help trying to navigate the questions or how to answer them, I provide um, tailored mock interviews based off of the job description that you um, have for that position, as well as um, I also do LinkedIn reviews and revamps to optimize your LinkedIn and ensure that you have, you know, the most completed profile um, that you could have. Those are the main services that I offer on an individual basis. And then I also offer um, some services, some wider um, services and collaborations. Um, And one thing that I will (laughs) plug for quickly is um, I'm passionate about kind of how Chalamba Global Career Services started was because when I was living in Rwanda, I was helping students, you know, teaching them about resume writing and cover letter writing and participating in a, a workshop called Let Girls Learn that allowed different girls um, that Peace Corps volunteers work with to um, shadow people in their careers and, you know, network with them to better understand the careers that they were interested in. Um, and so this kind of all led to um, me wanting to kind of always bring in that component of providing service within my business. So I also partner with an organization called Africa's Tomorrow. So 5% of all um, proceeds, all um, purchases for any service you get through me are donated to that organization, which provides funding for um, women from um, currently over 10 um, countries in Africa to um, attend school in the States. So um, that's definitely something that I'm passionate about as well. And kind of has culminated into my business and service aspirations. That's great. That's a lot of really important services. And I, I really appreciate it takes courage to step out and really start a business and try to figure out, you know, what to do and how to set it up and how to reach people. And I'm excited to know every time I find out about a new business consulting service in public health, that's helping Professional development and helping people get started from either as a student building or as a graduate and kind of overcoming these obstacles, because I really think that it's so important 
to get people moving forward. And those of us who are, you know, have the desire to lead and to help and to serve in this way need to step up and be able to do it so that there are options and we can learn from each other and we can all move forward because we need to be busy serving the communities that we care about and not stuck in positions that we don't really want to be in. For sure. I definitely agree. And, you know, one thing that I'll say is I definitely have to um, give credit to, you know, my family for kind of how I ended up in doing this business, because it was actually my older sister who was like, you know, you're really you're you're doing this and you're helping different people. And, you know, it would be great if you, you know, made this into a business and really I think that could definitely help other people in terms of getting these services and turning into a business. I mean, yeah, there's the the business aspect of it, you know, but for me, it was really just, it's the reach as it's become more formalized. I've been able to reach, um, I know I work with people from now over seven different countries. So the States, the UK, most recent client I, I have is in Zambia, Tanzania, and even some in South Africa where I'm based. And so yeah, I'm really enjoying being able to kind of, you know, expand these resources. And I definitely, um, you know, of course, I'm, I think people at any age and level of their career are still learning. But I'm really glad that I've been able to take what I've learned so far in my career and share that information with others. And so yeah, definitely, you know, my sister's kind of nudge. My younger sister is a writer. So she, when it comes to grammar and all of that, I've learned so much has helped me become even, you know, better of a resume document reviewer um, because she has such amazing, you know, technical skills. And so I really believe um, that, you know, I was fortunate to be able to have support for my family when I was applying to jobs and sending out applications into schools and, you know, reviewing my, my documents. But not everyone has, you know, that or not everyone has someone who's specifically in their field that can really help tailor their materials. So that's really what made me passionate about doing this work and especially focusing on people within the public health field, because I'm working in that field. And especially most of my clients are interested in global health work, working um, abroad in global health, low resource settings. And that's the area of focus that I specifically have. So I think being able to do these reviews with that lens really helps um, in terms of ensuring that the resumes, cover letters, or whatever it is they're going through is reflecting that area of interest that they're particularly interested in pursuing. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. And um, I love everything about what you're saying because, you know, moving from that place of passion, what you really care about, and very similar with me, you know, this business developed because of you know, well, a need and people were coming to me with, you know, questions and needing resources. And, you know, I also, you know, started to share what I've learned and what I've used and how I've, you know, what has helped me turn and share that with others. And, you know, that's just, it's really great. And I'm happy to really understand all of the services that you offer and who you serve, because now I also can refer people to you because they're, when they come to me and I have a, a global reach and there are some people who will reach out to me for help that you are a better fit to provide. And I will be happy to be able to provide that resource, you know, share, share your services with them. So this is uh, really great to get to know you and understand who you're serving and, and how you're helping and keep doing what you're doing. This is amazing, really important work. Thanks so much. And I do want to just quickly say that 
um, about what you said about referrals. I definitely have mentioned your podcast to multiple people um, during my consultations. I offer free consultations for 20 minutes for your first, you know, interaction. And I always, you know, give the plug that there's a variety of resources in terms of different perspectives is what your podcast brings that you don't necessarily find just from kind of one, you don't have from just one, you know, conversation. And so um, you mentioned resources and on my website, I do have a resources tab where there's links to different tools such as your podcast, as well as some other information. I have a global health database of over a hundred organizations Another a former guest on here, Francis, she has a great job guide as well. The link's on there. So just any different resources and tools and feel free to reach out if you have something that you have that you would love to kind of share. Um, I have quite a wide scope of people who are interested in getting other resources. And so I love to be able to share resources. That's another huge component of the work that I do with Chalamo Global Career Services. That's really great. Um, and yes, you're referring to Frances Dean. She was yes. <laughs> interviewed and in, uh, to share her research, her student research on, uh, I don't know the episode number, but I'll try to link to that in the show notes. So yes, it's great to know that's networking. I mean, we yes, really share it, sure. right? <laughs> There's so much more um, power when we work together and we, instead of, you know, a separately trying to do our thing in, in especially in public health, you know, if we, those of us that provide these resources, if we can help each other by being together, then everyone else who's looking for answers, they can find it easier. I think it's easier to find us when we're sharing and helping and saying, hey, wait a minute, I can't help you with this, but I know someone who can. All right. So this has been great. And we are, you know, you're sharing so much information here. I have one or two more questions for you. Um, and also just for anyone who's listening and you're thinking, what's her website? What's her website? No worries. I know she mentioned the name, but we'll link to everything in the show notes. So you will be able to connect with Vanessa and all of her resources very easily just by visiting the show notes. And I'll share that information with you at the end. But let's just ask, I need to ask you a couple more questions. Now, as you know, you've listened to the podcast and we know we've been in the same community online. We share, uh, follow each other on social media. So we're very familiar with um, how things work, but there are a lot of students who are listening to the podcast and they are working on their degree. They could be at the very beginning of that journey, or they could be wrapping it up and, you know, counting down the days to graduation. But what tips do you have for current students of public health? So I definitely have a couple of things um, that I suggest. The number one thing that I always find myself saying after having even just brief conversations with students is to really, you know, do everything you can to get practical experience. So practical experience is not just a paid work experience, but really being creative in terms of volunteer work, internship, anything that you can relate to your interest and your passion for public health is important. I was someone who worked more hours than I was in class throughout grad school, especially. Also worked throughout undergrad as well. And um, it was those experiences that made me most competitive um, when applying to positions. They really cared more about the work experience that I had and how that related to the specific job I was applying to rather than if I had taken 18 credit hours over 14 credit hours. So obviously it's really important to get the skills in class, especially, you know, 
the degree is important and you do learn it a lot in the classroom. But when it comes to applying to positions um, after school, they're really going to be looking at your job experience. So I do know it can be challenging getting positions while you're in school. And I think it does really vary um, on a lot of factors, but it's something that I always suggest that current students prioritize during their time in school. Um, so another thing, you things I'll mention quickly, and this was suggested to me by a friend of mine a couple of years ago, and it is to look at job descriptions, no matter where, if you're even looking for a job, look at job descriptions, just always be looking at them. So it's really great to start looking up job titles, different public health work you're interested in. And look at these job descriptions for what you think you would want to do when you graduate so that you can see what the skills are, what the information is on there. And that way you kind of know, okay, I'm really interested in this kind of position, but I'm lacking some of these major skills. Maybe this is something that I could focus on trying to get either through, you know, courses or through some practical um, experience as well. Um, And that's something that I'm doing now. I'm not um, actively applying to positions, but I know I will be eventually. And so I'm still kind of looking to see, okay, this is the type of position I'd want. And this is really what's required. And here's where my strengths are and here where my weaknesses are. On that note, this is, you know, often done, but I think keeping up with it is something that even me, myself, I need to be better at. Um, But keeping an Excel sheet of not just everything you apply to, but also everything you're interested in. You may come across an organization that isn't hiring currently, or maybe the position is, you know, not ideal for you, but you may want to write it down to remember. Because a lot of times, especially if it's not one of the major organizations, you may even forget that you had ever come across it. And there's just so much out there. So that's kind of one thing that I always, you know, kind of have students think about. So a lot of my tips are about being proactive in the search and not reactive, um, because you shouldn't be waiting until, again, you know, there's different things that can come up, personal life things, but you really shouldn't, if you can avoid it, you really shouldn't be waiting until after you graduate to start the bulk of your job search. So it really can start on a very casual way from your first year of school. And lastly, really, you know, develop relationships with professors, advisors, someone who you feel like you're interested in the work they do, or, you know, there's someone who um, you're just you just have a good relationship with either through them being your professor, teacher, advisor, um, because I had a great practicum advisor, thesis advisor, and she was also my supervisor for my job, um, held many different roles. And she's someone that I still talk to monthly as we're still working on manuscripts and all of that. And so having that relationship's not also just great in terms of like the actual work you do, but also it's great for, of course, recommendations and having someone who knows you more personally, like more of your professional life than just someone that you maybe, you know, had one class with, but never kept in touch with will definitely bode well for you um, throughout your career. That's great advice. And um, really like the emphasis on the, you know, being proactive. Um, And I am always talking about that, but it's so easy for people to fall into the rut and take things for granted and get just focused on the assignments that need to be done and the projects and ticking off the boxes and getting their paperwork. They just want to get their degree and they expect, you know, just walk into the the job. Just like, I keep trying to, uh, you know, address it in so many different ways 
because I understand it's easy to fall into the pattern. But if you know, the excuses are I'm too yeah. busy, mm-hmm. I don't have time, or I'll get the whole list of all the things they're doing. I I mean, I get it. I was I was full time. I worked full time. I was a mom with busy kids and household to manage. And I was in grad school. So I, I get it. But I also know that if you don't make time and integrate these things in, you don't have to add extra time a day, but you just have to sacrifice certain things um, to make sure that you're consistently working on it as you go through. And that's one of the reasons I was motivated to create that most (laughs) recent program I have for students is to really start teaching those, those strategic thinking really early on to kind of help make that transition a lot smoother and incorporate a lot of things that you just talked about. So thanks for sharing that. Now, let's not leave out the people that have already graduated. There's the people that have said, okay, well, I've already completed the degree. I'm already here and I'm frustrated. I can't go back and do those things. So what do you have to say? What tips do you have or advice for people who have already completed the degree? And maybe they just got caught in the cycle or whatever the challenges may be. They're just having a hard time getting into the field. Um, yeah. So a couple of things that I'll mention. One thing that I um, often advise people is, Be creative in how you search for jobs and also where you search for jobs. Um, So by that, I mean, I talk to a lot of people who are focused on working um, maybe in just a very specific component of public health. So there's some people who have topical interests, like maybe I just want to focus on doing um, work in heart disease or cancer research. Um, And then there's some people who may be more in terms of methods, like I'm interested in, you know, research, qualitative and quantitative analyses or something of that nature. Um, But maybe they're only really applying to like large government organizations when there's so many other things out there. And so being um, creative in how you search for jobs is really expanding into looking at, you know, NGOs or non-public health, explicitly public health organizations. Um, There's a lot of tech companies out there now that are hiring um, people with a background in health um, because they're now incorporating, you know, health work into their, the work that they're doing with their, their non-public health organizations. And if you have the means, again, this varies based off of a lot of personal factors, um, but don't be afraid to relocate if that's something that's possible. And if not, also look into remote positions. I'm definitely seeing more and more of those. And one way to be able to do this is join different platforms. Um, I know some of you listening may be in um, Facebook groups for different demographics. Um, You may be on Twitter, follow different hashtags. There's so many Twitter pages Um, One that I love is UN Jobs, which doesn't just post jobs at um, UN, but it posts jobs, basically any public health job that the person managing that page sees, they retweet. And I see positions on there that I don't see on many other platforms I look up. So really just talk to different people, use different search engines. I previously mentioned I have a, a large database that has a combination of large organizations, small organizations to really diversify your job search um, to help you look outside the box. Um, And then I'll quickly mention um, two other components. Um, Another thing is also in terms of creativity um, is so also I know for many and I could admit, including myself, networking can be a dreaded word um, and it could be intimidating for a lot of people. Um, And a lot of times for um, recent graduates, you know, if you're not in a school setting, it's much harder to find these specific school related ones. But there's so many other events out there. So in addition to, you know, things like conferences, which may or may not be feasible depending on distance or 
financial circumstances. Um, one thing that I really found out about a place having some great events um, is Eventbrite. Um, so for those based in the States and even for people abroad, I know different countries have their own version of Eventbrite. So basically a website where you can look up to see what events are happening in that city. Um, and if you go for people who are based in the States, if you go on Eventbrite and you type in public health or data, and if you're in, you know, a relatively major city or surrounding area, you will likely find something within the next month that's ongoing. So that's just kind of a new way to go, um, or maybe new for some to kind of search to see what events are going on. Um, and some of them are training skill-based, but others just maybe informational sessions as well. And then lastly, this kind of goes along with, you know, the career development aspect is, you know, really make sure that you ensure quality, that you have quality application materials. So make sure that someone has reviewed your resume, has reviewed your cover letter, um, really take your time. Um, cause it's not just about quantity in terms of, Oh, I applied a hundred jobs in two months, but did you send out, you know, tailored applications and were, did you ensure that your resume has been reviewed and revised? And that can really also just help with ensuring that you're not only applying, you know, finding positions that you're um, interested in, but that you're applying um, to positions with quality, um, quality applications. So um, for my recent graduates out there, and I, I know it can be, it's definitely stressful and especially when you feel like you're not getting something, but really, you know, some people that I found who I've been able to assist and who've been able to get on, get um, connected to a position finally, sometimes, you know, it wasn't because like maybe they had a great resume, but the interviewing process was challenging for them. And some people, it was like, maybe they had all these skills, but they weren't articulating them in a resume. So really, um, you know, I advise you to go through, think critically, listen to these podcasts. There's so much great advice. Check out the resources on my page, as on my resources tab. There's different links to articles about navigating. Um, I wrote one specifically about for MPH students looking to um, apply to jobs and some tips for them. And there's a lot of resources out there and don't feel um, like you can't um, reach out for help as well. So I do offer um, free consultation. So I'm definitely happy to um, discuss if you have any questions or concerns because I was a recent graduate <laughs> very recently. So, <laughs> Well, thank you so much for that great advice. And um, I will definitely, like I said, provide links to connect with you and your resources that you provide at your website and just, you know, all of that. So this is this has been a great interview. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for, for taking the time to, um, to meet with me. I'm really happy we were able to connect while you're still here in the United States because we don't have to worry about that six-hour time difference. Yes. <laughs> Currently on a little R&R. <laughs> Glad we've been able to connect. And it's been great speaking with you. And I really appreciate um, this platform that you have. And it's very much needed and um, a huge benefit to so many of us, myself included. So thank you. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Well, this has been great. And I will be in touch with you really soon. Sounds great. Thanks so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I'd like to thank Vanessa for joining me on this episode to discuss her public health career journey and for sharing such great advice and tips, as well as the resources she offers in her business. 
If you'd like to connect with her, and I really recommend that you do, just visit the show notes page for this episode, which is episode 115. So if you go to drchuntley.com, click on podcast tab from the main menu, and then just navigate to episode 115. Now remember, you can also click on the resources tab from the main menu, and you'll find the link to start your free trial of LinkedIn Learning. All right, everyone, until next time, have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast at drchuntley.com.